2: Quagmire, swampland, morass, the slime kingdoms, domains of the cool blooded, of mud pads and dirtied eggs, but bog, meaning soft, the fall of windless rain, pupil of amber, ruminant ground, digestion of mollusk and seed pod, deep pollen bin earth pantry, bone vault, Sunbank, embalmer of votive of goods and sabred fugitives.
0: We have come down off the road now. We're about 10 feet below the road at this stage and we're standing in the bog and if you look around you now and you can imagine that this was a great lake after the ices melted after the ice age about 10,000 years ago and... The bottom of the lake would be about twelve feet below us here, so we would have been we were sort of down in, in what would have been the water. If you can imagine around the edge of the lake you will have, you will have rushes growing, you will have plants uh, growing by the edge of the water, falling into the water and creating debris down at the bottom of the lake and Then you have um, a plant which doesn 't need very much n- nutrients. That's the sphagnum. The sphagnum begins to grow in and out through all of these plants, and gradually over the years, the sphagnum is building up in the water. And we'll see some examples of that later on. Now, where the sphagnum has grown up in the water and is reaching the top, and then once it reaches the top, it continues to grow until, for, for example, here in the in the R D bog, you would have had a dome of sphagnum going right up like an upturned saucer up over the water level. So if you can imagine that the bog was growing here then over most of the 10,000 years since the ice melted and turf cutting would have taken place here over the last 2,000 years. There's evidence uh, over in the Stormonstown bog where turf was being cut in 80 AD then in this part of the bog here, in the R.D. bog, the cutting of the turf happened right around the edges. I always think of the R.D. bog itself as fish-shaped, with the head of the fish pointing west and the tail of the fish pointing east. And there's one very interesting map where early drainage, with the early drainage of this bog here, plots were cut in right around that fish shape. And I remember J.H. Uh, Andrews when he was talking about a bog in Garristown and he said that they looked almost like they were at the starting post ready to move, move off in a race, to move in towards the centre of the bog as it became drained.
3: The purple heather is the cloak God gave the bogland brown. But man has made a pall of smoke to hide the distant town.
4: And bog is, I suppose, the afterlife of a forest, of all the trees that were here. There was a time when this place was completely clustered and covered in with forest and with trees. And um, there's a poem that I I wrote a while ago uh, trying to reimagine that called The Angel of the Bog. The angel of the bog mourns in the wind that loiters all over these black meadows, remembers how it chose branches to strum from the orchestra of trees that stood here, how at twilight a chorus of birds came to silence in nests of darkening air. Raindrops filtered through leaves Silver the air, wash off the film of dust to release nets of fragrance on which the wind can sweeten before expiring among the debris that brightens each year with fallen colour before the weight of winter seals the ground. The dark eyes of the angel of the bog never open now when dawn comes to dress the famished grass with splendid veils of red Amber white, as if its soul were urgent and young with possibility and dreams that a vanished life might become visible.
5: Now, Paddy, we've come to this is Monaghan's town, Bob, you call it? Yeah, John. This Which is where we speak to, to you in other ways.
6: Oh, it is, yeah. Well, one was hard work, I remember, and flies sticking to you because you were sweating from kind of catching turf or stacking it in windrows and all kinds of things. But in other ways, again, it was another very personal experience. I remember um, a, a kind of sense of religion I had about it, and that was to echo much later when I was recovering from alcoholism. I remember a priest, Father Raphael Short, who we became very close friends, but he was talking about theology and philosophy and things like that. And he talked about this wonderful word he had for a Kierkegaardian notion of, he called it throneness. And I remember when he said the word, I was actually exactly back here because I used to literally feel that here. It rang really right through me when he said the word throws and I knew exactly what he meant in the sense of what he was talking about. I used to sit here and this very primal kind of experience of this this deep, rich, luscious kind of bog land, you know, the wonderful kind of primal sense that you were rooted in it, you know. And I used to then look up to the sky. I used to look for larks because they would hang there and I used to try and pick them out. But I would go beyond that and back down this huge big circle uh, from earth through me up into the sky. And I understood nature and God like that for years. I remember people used to talk about the trinity and this became my trinity. One was the physicality of, of myself and the kind of mental thinking, me, the guy was was this throwing us out into you know a notion of what God-ness might be, uh, and then there was this pure, beautiful kind of sensuality, physicality, and um, of the bog. You know, I I actually had a habit. I mean, it's it's I kind of feel odd talking about. It. I used to kind of strip off and actually lie in it. You know, talk about. I have a very sensual kind of sense of the whole thing of belonging to it. And also this philosophical, almost theological kind of sense of what it meant to me. This is the horizon you see, John, you see it. That's the one that appears in all my paintings. And it it locks everything together, north and south, heaven, earth, you know. And it becomes the backdrop for a lot of the work I do. Now, there's... there's... But as a child, if you can imagine it, you know, everything is eye-level. Everything and I, I used to stand and look across those wonderful browns and purples, and I remember almost tasting the sense and the color of it. And just on top of that, there were all these flies and midges, uh, all kinds of purple and greens, and wonderful. This was exotic stuff right in the heart of the Midlands. I mean, you don't have to go to kind of you know, uh, exotic places. To see your experience kind of but it was this wonderful sense of elation and this wonderful sense of moving out of yourself again. I know I talk a lot about this, but it's actual part it's actually a part of my experience.
3: And we have music oh so quaint the curlew and the plover to tease the mind with pipings faint no memory can
2: recover. The first moss I went to was with uh, Jim Shivers, to this uh, Hillhead Moss it was called. The next place I went was in a cart with uh, my grandfather figure, Uncle Huey, which my father's uncle at the time. And uh, I always remember the image of him standing up in the cart. And when I, I read about the Tallon man, who was a sacrifice in early uh, Iron Age in in Jutland, being taken around the district they think in one of these ritual wagons I associated the god and the sacrifice to the god with uh, this man great uncle Hughie standing up in the, uh, in the um, cart the hand carved fellows of the turf cart wheels buried in a litter of turf mould the cupid's bow of the tailboard the socketed lips of the cribs I deified the man who rode there, God of the wagon, the hearth-feeder. I was his privileged attendant, A bearer of bread and drink, The squire of his circuits. When summer died, and wives forsook the fields, We were abroad, saluted, given right of way. Watch your progress down the hall-lit hedges.
4: My manly pride... When he speaks to me. You'd come and you'd start off the first day you'd be in the bog. My father and Pete, the Lord Mercy, and my uncle, you'd kind of uh, measure out the bank of turf, and you'd put the line down, you'd race it with the hay knife, and then you'd cut it across, and then you'd take off what we used to call the cleaning, the first sod of it. And then the first cut, the first bore of turf, the first layer of turf, like, was very brown, uh, and to soggy, it's soggy-like, and stodgy, almost like what you had cut away. But then, as you cut down, like, and we'd have had trenches of turf that would have been six or seven bars down, and as you cut down, uh, you got the black turf, the best turf, like black, clear butter, right at the bottom, like, and you took it off the stone and off out of the water.
3: We cleave the sodden, shelving bank in sunshine and in rain that men, by winter fires may thank the wielders of the slain
5: the wind sighing through the pine trees a rolling up of sleeves a spit on the hands in the name of god the slice and suck as the slain cut deep into the pit the glistening sod rising magically into the air caught and slapped down on the barrow a barrow load was wheeled away and tipped up on the heathery scrub. It was his job to spread the sods out under the drying sun and wind. He loved the cool, pulpy sogginess of the turf, mined from the dark pit below.
7: Oh, that's lovely turf. It is, that's the Keir sod.
8: Yeah, yeah, huh? You can't beat a bug,
7: Yeah, Well, you could know it before, mate. What is it? Uh, the kier yes. sod. The sod. Yes. It's before you... So Have a go at this one. Before you, you. watch that, Joe. That, that's number no one. <laughs> that front... <laughs> How's your heart now, Mr. Kelly? The be, be, the, uh, let's go be European. Yeah. The barrow is sufficiently full. <laughs> <laughs> What's a kier sod before you grow A kier sod, sod is the sod when you're after leaving the... The old chive and the and the real thing. Yeah,
4: that you 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 come onto the good wine. And then the rhythm of people cutting turf. And, you know, it was a lovely way to watch people, how people dwelt, the art of dwelling in a landscape. You'd see man cutting turf, and you'd you know you'd learn to cut turf yourself. You'd know that it was the rhythm, like that you take it up with the rhythm, and rhythm. And then people, you see, everyone every so often in their own time pausing to just look across the landscape and then go back into the work again. Twas work as real conversation with the landscape, not abuse or kind of a raiding of the landscape, do you know?
8: It's me Harley here used to say long ago, be broadcasting, this game hasn't come to life yet.
1: What you had the council was you had two men wheeling and you had a head wheeler out there, had that. The third man.
5: There was a perfect rhythm between the men. The cut, the toss, the catch, the slap. A joke shared, a game analysed. Ah, Dixon will not let him away with much. The long, necessary silences. A pause to light a cigarette. An anxious eye at the sky.
8: There's a session like a right-handed man. It's never hard on him,
5: but do you know why? He's cutting away from his heart. Is that it? Oh, it's all It's all in the one movement, Frank, is it? You, yeah. You, just slice. You, st- you have to stab
1: them. To stab see, it? you can boot them in. Look. Boot it in? You can boot it, look. On, your, out, on the top of your foot goes to the top of the side. That's your, uh, that's your side, look. You get me? Yeah. But well, then you can, you can, we use it with the force of your arms. See, look.
5: If you're strong enough?
1: Yeah. If you're able to, see that look. See the, the lump? That's yeah. the do you? Look, tear em. You have to rock him. That's right, Frankie. You have to rock him that way first, break it. Then twist the toe of the sleigh and you have it. Uh, that's, that's, pe- that's all in the one movement. Look, you watch the sleigh. You watch the Yes, yes. Look.
3: Then we have rest, so sweet, so good. The quiet rest you crave, the long, deep, bogland solitude that fits a forest's grave
2: it's my impression that the when men fathers and boy children cro- they went into the bog they crossed some line you know the bog is is the outback of the usual life and the usual landscape you go over the hedge you're down the long lane uh you're away from the arable uh, land you're away from the roads the road and uh i I believe uh, that that uh, sense of being somehow in a Tirnanog is present even in the most serious work in a bog. Maybe it had to do with those fathers of ours having been children themselves in the bog. Maybe it had to do with the fact that good weather is called for any transactions in the bog. So that that memories of it always have to do with a, a summeriness. Maybe it had to do with the fact that I might remember larks, and you remember, I remember uh, grasshoppers. Who's this now? In, have we more
5: help? Who oh, you have Jimmy i Oh, Jimmy, is
2: it? I think
8: that's that Jimmy Morey. My oh. oh, dear, oh, dear that's when well,
1: you're feeding yourself up there, you're looking like a lad that's going home from the bog instead of coming into it.
5: <laughs> Bring the accordion as well, Jimmy, will you? you need a bit of
1: entertainment here. <laughs> Things are dying down a bit here.
7: <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's no nicer machines around. Then there's <laughs> <laughs> no. I've to no, no. lads, you know what I'm saying? Never leave the biscuit at the high bank because it'll break on you. Always yeah. oh, bring the, bring it in the big sod. Full mass, John. Full mass, Full mass, is right. That's true. Good, Good man, Shemin. How are you? I've
5: hmm.
1: got the box. with You've well. got you f- the
5: box with you.
8: Oh, I have a box. <laughs> and you need the box as much
5: as we need the slane. <laughs> huh?
1: It's all good, Jimmy. It's all bothered
8: here, oh, sure. Brian. It's
5: going to be years he old. It's crying here. It's going he? to be years
8: old. It's going to get, get no good. Put the whole bog himself, people. will. Mm. That's a grand part of your trough,
5: isn't it? It is, yeah. What, how, how do you know, Johnny? What, is it just the grain gra- gra- is
8: in it, the grain is in it, John. Mm. You see, half a metre sort of trough are downstairs now, and you are having more white than you'd have a, a good quality. It'd be a spongier type sod. Oh.
5: Did you see that one handed catch there? Yeah. <laughs> this fella should be playing for me.
2: It had to do with the sense also for me certainly that I saw fathers, men doing w- womanly actions <laughs> in those days of different, uh, very very strictly assigned gender roles. I don't think I ever saw my father boil water except in in the, the bog. You stayed out for the whole day. You went out in the morning didn't go back to evening uh, the mother uh, wasn't there uh, and the other men were doing the same thing. So it, I think it was um, uh, a carnival time in that the, the, diff, the, the normal rhythms and rules and roles were suspended and something uh, strange and uh, memorable happened.
7: With Gary down from Crosstown, he does defend the, the sticks. He's very like the Mousy Brown with all his funny tricks. <laughs> he goes down on his hunkers and he jumps up in the sky. And the ball was beer Rasper. Oh, it was yes, bought a yes. passing by. <laughs> Dixon, Dial, and Reagan, they are the inside three. Pie Conway on the 40 yards to take the close up freeze. He puts his hand up to his head, and he pushes back his hair, and every ball he handles, sure he loves it in the square. (laughs) (laughs) It's not easy to cut turf and
5: sing a song at the same time. It's
8: not. Not Not when the uh, timing
5: isn't so (laughs) good.
7: You mean the timing and the turf, or the timing? Uh, The the both. As I say in Europe, the (laughs) cohesion is out. is me going to win next Sunday, or Sunday week? <laughs> I don't think so. You don't think so. I think there, there's too many of them appearing in their first Linster final. Oh, well that could be a lot of it. Huh? It's a baptism of fire against the
8: dogs. Yes. Isn't isn't your man injured? Isn't uh, Charlie
7: Redmond? He is and McNally as well. And right? McNally, it's but you know Charlie that. Redmond. That could be as I roved out. Yeah, that, could be foxes, that, foxes, that you
3: know. fella. The reeds that pine about the pools in wind and windless weather, the bees that have no singing rules except to buzz together.
0: My memory of Frank Mitchell... I had been doing school tours in this area and uh, Frank Mitchell had been surveying the wider bog area and then uh, he thought it would be a good idea if we worked on a project, which we did, and which eventually became a book called *The Great Bog of Ard*. But we started here on the first day that we worked on it. We came down here and we took a boring right to where we're standing now, and found that the um, the depth below us was about twelve feet. And so when the boring came up, and Frank was going through all of the different layers of the bog and then when he got down to the bottom layer which was the mud at the bottom of the lake I you know, I have this vivid memory of him pushing the debris across the back of his hand and one of the things that came up was a black seed with a keel shiny black seed and he said that's Nymphaea alba that would have been a white water lily that had been growing on the bog 10,000 years ago and this seed had fallen down into the, the muds. And, you know, really the, the entire bog seemed encompassed in that little seed because so, so much of the story of the bog was there.
2: One of the very first poems that I ever heard is about a man on the bog, or a man in the moss, as I would say, in, up in the north, in my part, in County Derry and all around, the word, the Scottish word, and indeed the Danish, Mose, was it was called going to the moss, and uh, the first moss I went to was Hillhead Moss. And I went there with a guy called Jim Shivers with a donkey and cart to collect the Shivers' as turf. But there was a little uh, rhyme which said, Two sticks standing at one across spells Paddy Brannan in the Hillhead Moss. Paddy Brennan, that would be in strict uh, correct pronunciation. It's about that uh, little. Uh, fireplace that men on their own would erect out uh, on the bog, two forked sticks, two y's stuck into the ground, and the stick across, and then the can uh, hung, uh, the can of water hung over the over the little fire. But I think it's really quite a, a very beautiful uh, image. Uh, it it's it's a poem that uh, that's about absence, as we would say. Uh, it's about it conjures up, I think for anybody who has been on a bog or a moss, the stillness in the evening, the uh, the beautiful, the fragrance and at the same time slightly wistful serenity that's over a bog in the evening. Two sticks standing and one across spells Paddy Brennan in the hillhead moss.
6: It's a, it's a wonderful silence, you, you, but it is... If you slow down and listen to it, it's full of of a kind of choir of noise. It's an orchestra of of the most beautiful noises. But you really have to listen to it. You really have to look. Um, I know I'm kind of waxing lyrical here, and kind of almost being stupid about it, but it is absolutely a kind of earthedness and a wonder and you belong to it, you know you belong to it you know you're from it, you know you're going back to it, it's your home, it's almost like an amniotic kind of thing, in a way it's, my home is in the sea in a sense it's, it's here, this kind of stuff and uh, I love the whole kind of the kind of touch on top of it and then this absolute rich female earth underneath it it's sensual, it's beautiful, it's you know it's a wonderful kind of space place and uh and it's to me it's a very i know this sounds odd but it's this is where I pray in a sense, I don't say words, I just look and I stand here, and it's a kind of a prayer of wonder you know about nature and it's uh and here it is it's just.
5: Okay, well let's just pray for a few seconds.
6: Yeah. 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 Mm. <laughs> <It's> wonderful. Butterflies <laughs> anyway. coursing around, yeah. just the voices oh, yeah. in the distance, the Yeah. But you, you can, you know, when a voice intrudes, it it's comes from miles away and it, you know, links across the top of that bog and across behind you and everything. And again, it's it's like joining two worlds you can't see, you know, and that's the magic in it. It's full of imagination and yet it's full of a reality belonging entirely to itself. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's it's this, that thrownness, you know, is is a great word for it. I remember when Ray first mentioned that. This is exactly where I was thrown back to, you know, and again thrown out of myself, because you know, being who I am, I'm wonderfully obsessed by myself, and this is uh, this is where I get relief from myself and a sense of otherness, as I say, and that's prayer, you know, that kind of otherness. It's the way I understand religion now, anyway. This is a nature, natural kind of you know cycle of life and death. And you belong to this. You know. There's great history in this. I, uh, you know, I don't know anything about it, but I sense voices and whisperings in it, and all kinds of things.
3: The long, strange stillness, wide and deep, beneath God's loving hand, where, wondering at the grace of sleep, the guardian angels stand.
0: Now, there's another bog hole just beside us here, but it's more difficult to see because, as you can see, it's completely covered in with bog bean. Do you see the the, um, the tall uh, mm. leaves of the bog bean? Now, that bog bean was collected in the past by people because they believed that it was very good for purifying the blood, and uh, particularly at the end of a winter coming into summer. I remember a woman from Westmeath telling me that her father called it Ridge Oak, and the ridge oak was brought in and steeped in water, and of course, n- needless to say, the children didn't like the taste of it, and it got worse as time went on. And uh, look, you've tormental here now. Do you see this little yellow yellow flower yeah. there? Yeah, that was used in the past to um, rid people of worms. And uh, you know, I remember hearing a very funny account at one stage of uh, archaeologists working on monastic dumps and coming across. A lot of Tormental, where all of the monks in the monastery would have been given um, worm doses at the same time. And so you had um, a lot of Tormental in the dump.
5: I'm sure they thought it was actually named <laughs> <laughs> yes. Tormented by Tormental.
2: I read in P.V. Globe's book called The Bog People, which is all about um, Danish uh, archaeological finds. has a reference to a find made in County Armagh In the late 18th century on the uh, estate of Lord and Lady Moira. Uh, these men were cutting turf and they turned up uh, what uh, the contemporary um, experts or antiquarians called um, the, the, the Viking Queen. Uh, obviously a bog burial of some sort probably from the Iron Age. So the poem I wrote uh, imagines uh, this woman's sojourn under the peat, uh, and and the way she disintegrates uh, the moment the air is let at her. But chiefly, the actual pleasure of writing the poem was dreaming, yourself dreaming, dreaming into the processes of um, vegetation and weather and time in the actual um, moss itself, bog queen. I lay waiting between turf face and the main wall, between heathery levels and glass-toothed stone. My body was braille for the creeping influences. Dawn suns groped over my head and cooled at my feet. Through my fabrics and skins, the seeps of winter digested me. The illiterate roots pondered and died in the cavings of stomach and socket. I lay waiting on the gravel bottom, my brain darkening. A jar of spawn, fermenting underground dreams of Baltic amber. Bruised berries under my nails, the vital hoard reducing in the crock of the pelvis. My diadem grew carious. Gemstones dropped in the peat flow like the bearings of history. My sash was a black glacier wrinkling dyed weaves and Phoenician stitchwork retted on my breast soft moraines I knew winter cold like the nuzzle of fjords at my thighs, the soaked fledge the heavy swaddle of hides my skull hibernated in the wet nest of my hair which they robbed I was barbered and stripped by a turf cutter spade who veiled me again and packed Comb softly between the stone jams at my head and my feet. Till a peer's wife bribed him. The plait of my hair, a slimy birth cord of bog, had been cut. And I rose from the dark. Hacked bone, skullware, frayed stitches, tufts, small gleams on the bank.
0: And the body was found here in 1849 during the famine. And she had been in the bog for about 70 years. And people locally, you know, people have long memories and people could remember who she was. They remembered uh, the story. And she was a young girl who had um, believed that she was loved by a local landlord and was so distressed when she found that he was marrying um, an heiress that she took her life and her family brought her to the door of... Of this um, landlord's residence, and I would know now from another story nearby too that in those kind of circumstances, local people would have prevented the burial then in the in the um, grave in the graveyard. And so, apparently, this woman was buried in the bog. And over the years, with the turf cutting, the the bog the body was moved several times, and the box became broken in the process. And then um, some people who were working in the bog found the, the box.
3: Brave joys we have, and calm delight, for which tired wealth may sigh. The freedom of the fields of light... The gladness of the sky.
7: You remember from Bonan? Bonan worked for Geraghty. Garrity got the great Bonzana, Bonanza. Oh, Bonanza. 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 Who was this Bonanza? He was a great, he, he was a great slave. Man. He was
8: below. He was a great slave. Man. He was below from Bracton, for the post office
7: in Bracton.
5: He wasn't from Bracton with a name like that, no, it was he? No, he was French. Buzana.
1: Yeah, but himself and, and Mick a Andy right Ellis, big Andy Ellis got him yeah. then. Yeah. And and oh, Buzana, he yeah. used to say. There was great rivalry with himself and Mick Welch here, you know. Yeah, yeah. Bonanza, he they got him. They used to... The only one that could make the sods catch one of the chain link with, with the slain. The only one that could make one sod hit like the, the ball. Like sausages. Like sausages, they could yeah. yeah.
4: There's no tea that I've ever drunk like the tea that you make out in the bog. No hunger you've ever experienced. (laughs) That's right. No, but you'd get the new turf, like our turf from last year, you'd make it little fire and you'd boil the tea in the kittle and put um, rushes into the mouth of the kittle so that the smoke wouldn't go into the kittle and then boil the tea and you'd have maybe uh, sandwiches and that. And it was just wonderful. And the cora, like the chat and people talk. There's
5: another place, Johnny, what do you call it? isn't that around here? You say you, John here, work one up for a wheel (laughs) tool. What is
7: it?
8: It's the grandest place ever seen, and then the high hill, and a big oak tree going beside it. And strange things comes out at a certain time of the night. No one knows what's
7: that. And mean. it's scrub on that far away, Johnny. Oh,
8: no one's really there about joining. Hmm.
7: But I don't think they're open today. The hotel is all closed. It's all closed. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'll start the Sabbath early, do they?
4: And in a way, you see, when you were cutting down each bar, you were going back hundreds of years in time because it had taken hundreds and thousands of years for this to form. You'd get seeds of old plants inside in it. You'd get wonderful bogdale and bits of bog oak. And in a certain sense, what you were doing was going into the memory of the landscape that was totally pre-human. And I suppose no Irish writer has explored that better than Seamus Heaney in his amazing collection, North, where he really goes into to almost the the secret archive of the bog.
2: A Graubala man. This was a body of a man found at a place in Dutland called Graubala. And he's in the museum at Aarhus now. Um, They actually uh, speeded up the chemical process that had been going on in the bog so that he is completely tanned in the technical sense. His human uh, skin and flesh has gone and has been made leathery. So when you look at this uh, man out of the bog, you're looking on the one hand at a, a corpse that was put down. You're looking at the trace of a, an individual, of a biography. But somehow that has been uh, absolved from him. Uh, the actual chemical process, is almost as if he's been through, through the chemical processes he has been transformed into an artwork you're looking at an image you're looking at some form of beauty rather than some form of decay and um it it's a, it's a, it's a strange uh, beautiful slightly unnerving experience as i say and the poem is really about that i suppose about uh the balance between beauty and atrocity as the poem itself says A Graubala man. As if he had been poured in tar, he lies on a pillow of turf and seems to weep the black river of himself. The grain of his wrists is like bog oak, the ball of his heel like a basalt egg. His instep has shrunk, cold as a swan's foot or a wet swamp root. His hips are the ridge and purse of a muscle, his spine, an eel arrested under a glisten of mud. The head lifts. The chin is a visor raised above the vent of his slashed throat that has tanned and toughened. The cured wound opens inwards to a dark elderberry place. Who will say corpse to his vivid cast? Who will say body to his opaque repose? and his rusted hair, a mat unlikely as a fetus's. I first saw his twisted face in a photograph, a head and shoulder out of the peat, bruised like a forceps baby. But now he lies perfected in my memory, down to the red horn of his nails, hung in the scales with beauty and atrocity, with the dying gall too strictly compassed on his shield with the actual weight of each hooded victim, slashed and dumped.
1: My horse... You see that? You hear that hitting the side. look. Yes, and you know what that means? You know, look, see the way you stick the key, look. Mm. It gets all under there, look. What? And you hear that lad hitting it. Yes. and he hits it in, look. Yeah. Yeah. And you
8: see the cord? you see where he sticks the key. Well, no then... listen to that. Listen to this lady saying, he hits it it's the same singing. Do you yeah. know what that means? It's lane is saying, "Fill me again." Yeah. But when you come to the last sod, you take your time, yeah. judge
1: your, judge your shot. Yeah. Yes. When so, yeah. so when you go down, yeah. that, you, that you'll be dead straight. You see, and you, you judge your, your, your the shot, stress. and then you stop it.
0: And there are parts there where you can see some of the actual bog cotton that we've just been speaking about. Um, people here call it the wig. And in fact, if you look at it in the, in the side there, it looks like a wig, doesn't it? It looks like tufts of hair coming out. Mm. And that was very strong. The turf cutter would find the schlone was sliding down through the turf, and then when it came to some of the wig, he couldn't cut it. I remember there was a turf cutter here one day, and he said, the devil's father couldn't cut it. Very, very strong uh, in the turf.
2: Mm. Insatiable bride, sword swallower, casket, midden, flow of history, ground that will strip its dark side, nesting ground, out back of my mind.
7: Is the great thing not the same when
8: I've got to understand when he's young? He'll never leave the blood. I
7: heard you talking about Buzana. Oh, Buzana! And
8: the will just say, oh, Buzana!
5: The last sod is cut. God bless you, Gossu. You're a great, man. they know not yet not... Yeah, two good slains, Ben. When well, will
7: everyone be cut again? Huh?
5: Oh. Who knows? Next year. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll come back and do it all next year. Finish off next year. Huh? Yeah. Well, praise God. Praise God. Praise well, God. God. Done. well done. Well God. done,
8: I well, hope and God. God. God will be, all be alive. Yeah, I hope so That's too, the don't. whole thing. And that all these lads is alive as well.
3: The lark's wild flourish summons us to work before the sun. At eve... The heart's lone angelus blesses our labour done.
1: This is the crack going home in the evening. with all the slains men. Shine their slain, wrap it up in a bag. Everything had to be light. Look at aluminium. No such thing as carrying extra weight. No nothing. Everything had to be just right. High enough for the night. And no such thing as ever hitting it in the ground. Johnny Kelly, twenty-five right thing. Because if you have the slightest little gimp on that slain there. It'll mark every sod, the track of every sod, and you have the extra job of forcing it down into that. that and they give that little the stone every morning now and evening and every and again just give it up just to get just, just right, and everything beyond and shine it up and most of all wrap it in a sack going home and have it welded at it hip nothing and have it shined and all for the next morning again. And the more shining of it is, the better the sod it'll whip off it. Quick. See that there no look, quick off it.
2: This centre holds and spreads some And seed bed, a bag of waters and a melting grave. The mothers of autumn sour and sink, ferments of husk and leaf deepen their ochres, mosses come to a head, heather unseeds, brackens deposit their bronze. This is the vowel of earth, dreaming its root in flowers and snow, mutation of weathers and seasons. A windfall composing the floor it rots into. I grew out of all this like a weeping willow. <laughs>